the, the whole weird thing was something I just something I would take issue with because I just feel like it's it's just a quick out for somebody just to be like well that's what that is I don't need to understand what that is and let's go over to the serious things hello and welcome to dance fans I'm your host and who am I freaky deaky animalistic choreographer dancer Stephen Tanos wait no I'm not that's Stephen Tanner. Hold for applause, hold for applause. Stephen grew up in Sydney doing gymnastics and dancing as a kid before performing in his first musical, Cats, straight out of high school. He has since become a much-loved dancer, choreographer and creator in the Australian scene with endless accolades to his name. Rita Ora, Ricky Martin, Jess Mowboy, So You Think You Can Dance, all over the telly and his own shows, the list goes on and on and on and anyway, you already know. So without further ado, please welcome Mr. Stephen Tanos. Stephen Tanos. Hey. Yeah. Hi. Do you recognize that quote? <laughs> what, what's that from? Dude, that is what you said in your audition on So You Think You Can oh, Dance 2009 Season 2. God, you went and deep. I didn't even research that. That's from my own memory. And that's the only thing I think of whenever I think of you. What did I say again? What was it? Freaky, deaky, oh, animalistic. Oh, I don't know what else you said, but those are three that's words enough. that you used. Freaky, deaky. <laughs> even though animalistic thing just really... Because um, I feel like when you do that show, like you... Like they try to give you something that's like your thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and because yeah. I didn't really have like, I, I, I come from a pretty stable family home. Like I didn't have any hardships, so I kind of needed something. And yeah. I had just done the musical Cats literally yes. like the year before, and mm. I was like, I guess like they were like, what's your movement inspired by? And I was like, I guess it's uh inspired by animals. And God, they took it and they yeah. ran with it. Ten, ten, like literally 10 days later, I was filming my video package and I was at the zoo dancing in the enclosures. If you go back in the footage, I'm dancing with kangaroos and I'm like afraid of animals as well. Like I'm like, oh, I love it. and they got me dancing with butterflies and like, I'm like, oh, okay, I guess this is my thing. Yeah, dude, Freaky yeah. deaky is unforgivable. The three big questions. Yeah. First question is, what do you reckon? I reckon that everybody just needs to do what it is that makes them happy and run for it and do it and go for it and do it. And don't worry about what other people think about what you're doing. When I say those things, and a lot of the things I'm probably going to say today, I'm actually talking to myself as well because um, I feel like I'm still learning and growing. But, you know, I'm ultimately striving to be a person that just has, just gives zero fucks about, you know, what everybody thinks and just does things that are honest to myself and really commits to that and goes after that, you know? Yeah, what? Yeah. Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, like you. Yeah, I guess. Like you own, you own what you do. I try. Yeah. I'm pretending. Right, but that's... I'm insecure as fuck. And hello, same here. Yeah, Same sweet. here. And a lot of people don't know this about <laughs> me as well. Like, But if you really, you know, if you get to know me, you'll understand that I'm exactly the same yeah, as well. Yeah, the grinds. 100%. And I project this, you know, big personality, this... Uh, I think people think I... People that don't know me as well could think I'm egotistical and this, that and the other. And when it's really the complete opposite. But all I'm trying to do is like get to the place where I feel like I can just really 100% authentically and honestly be myself and not yep. worry. But, you know, that's a whole other thing. But yeah, yeah word, that's what word, I reckon. Word. That's what I reckon. Okay, we will talk more. We'll get to that. Cause yeah, this is a that's, big that's a big topic. Question number two. Have uh -huh. you ever shat yourself? 100%. Like three days ago. <laughs> Literally, yeah, I've got some stomach issues I need to address. Yeah, okay. Uh, it wasn't a full turd, but it was <laughs> enough. It was enough to, to ruin that part of my day. Are you afraid of dying? Uh, yeah, I'd be lying if I said no. You know when you just randomly have that? Do you ever randomly have the thought about, like, this is all going to be over one day? Do you ever have that thought? You might be completely different mm, to me. For me, it's more like I'm driving on the road and the whole time I'm thinking about the different ways that I could go flying and get crushed. Wow. More of an immediate okay. risk factor. See, I definitely see what you're saying and I have definitely been there as well. But I, I'm a very anxious person. Mm, so I think yes, yes, when, I, I. when I get in that really anxious kind of state, when, when it's usually when I'm like lying in bed or first thing in the morning. Like it's at the tail ends of each day. Um, I can get in this right. weird thought of like, yeah, someday this is all going to be over and uh, what am I doing and why do I care so much about what people think because it's all going to be over at one point and I'm just going to be a person laying in the ground six feet under. Um, and then I get anxiety about sleeping sometimes as well. Like I'm like, wait, so I'm just going to close my eyes and then I'm going to sleep through the night okay and then I'm going to wake up and then, but then I close my eyes and it's fine. But, but yeah, I definitely think about my own... <laughs> 
immortality? Immortality. Yeah, mortality. 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 Yes, definitely. 100%. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to delve just for a second <laughs> further into what you're saying about the sleep thing. The sleep. Is it the, are you afraid of like the fact that you're disappearing for a moment? Yeah, 100%. 100%. And I have no control over it. Like, yeah. I, I don't, it's hard to explain. And I have this, I've had this thought thousands of times, like literally when I'm dozing off. And it's when I'm not as tired. If I'm just dead tired, I'm like, boom, I can go to sleep. But because I, I have a hard time sleeping because I find it hard to switch my brain off. Mm-hmm. And I always need to be watching something or listening to something, which I also don't feel like is healthy. But yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I've, I, I don't understand the people that can just be like, all right, I'm done thinking for the day. Close my eyes. Let's go to sleep. I, I don't like I can't relate to that. This is where all the thinking needs to happen. So yeah. I tend to just catastrophize out of nothing. And then I and then that keeps me awake. And then to then I'm le- <laughs> and then I'm worried about like, oh, my God, I got to be awake in six hours. Now it's five hours. Now yep. it's four hours. Now, yep. it's, now yep. it's two hours. Now I can't sleep. And then like. Yeah, I'm, I'm a catastrophizer for yes, sure. Yes, yes. You know, I yes, really, um, yeah. yeah, I really can get myself to that place pretty easily. I think, <laughs> especially when I've had a double shot coffee, which is what I've had this morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's what someone that doesn't know me as well that thinks that they know me, getting to know me, and maybe through watching this, uh, will understand that I'm a very yeah, I'm pretty highly strong. I wouldn't even say pretty, like I'm very highly yeah. strong. You know. Cool. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um. I don't know how I got there from sleep, but yeah. Do you know what I'm saying about the sleep though? I, I'm getting this issue where it started when I was like taking a bit too much vitamin B, I think, where I'm getting this thing in my head before I fall asleep of like a radio that won't switch off. It's well, like, like white I'm, noise kind of. I would describe it as hearing voices, but it's not the same way you would if you were like going crazy. It's more right. like I'm okay. here. It's like my brain is like processing all of the audio I received in the right, day. Right. Yeah, and yeah. I'm just like rehearing and it's like overlapping. Like it would be someone saying reach over there. And then oh, it's so literally like a radio flicking like, between stations yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Wow. And I can't switch it off. And that's the same if I'm, it's not if I'm dead tired. It's if I'm like on my wow. way out. What's a vitamin B? Vitamin B is like. It's like energy. Right. Okay. I when think you I might, like, if I overdose on it. You overdose on that B. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And well, also, like, the just the time of night, it's like that's the time where all of your demons come out. It's a time where you think anything is possible as well. Well, that, Think about all your dreams. 100%. And, like, I think – and I also feel like the nighttime is where I'm at my best creatively yeah. maybe as well, like – for me, like doing anything in the morning creative is just like a really rough time because I feel like yeah, I, I just feel like uh, m- my brain has still hasn't opened up to anything yet and I'm thinking about a lot of things yeah. maybe and like where I feel like I kind of come alive a little bit at night. So yeah. To be able to like go to sleep and then just to shut that all off and especially if I've done something exciting like taught a class or like anything like that, like it's just, it's a nightmare. Mm, yeah. You know, it's a nightmare I think me. you believe in yourself more in the late night as well. I 100%. feel like the daytime brings a greater clarity of like what everyone else is thinking of you and shit. Definitely. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And then you get into the social media and the this and the that and the ugh. Yeah, yeah. And especially yeah. lately, just everything online is just seems really heavily opinionated and really yeah. heavily like aggressive and everyone just has a really strong perspective, which is a great thing. But then yeah. it, that can really, that really clouds my mind and I start to lose my own perspective in that sometimes yeah. I think as well. It just all kind of fogs me and I've, I've especially found in this, quarantine time like i just haven't i haven't been able to be creative really i would love to be able to delete that app and a part of me goes why don't i and i should be able to and like but then there's this other annoying part of me that's like well it's my business and and it's how people know well you're 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 my most famous guest oh god (laughs) so far what's it feel like to have that many people you got like 40k around there half that half that oh half that 20k 20 21 point something that's a fuckload. Think about how many people that is looking like. That's a stadium, man. Ah, uh, yeah. Like, yeah. do you get people sliding into your DMs all the time, or like, is, do you have a right. lot of um, um, run by mom accounts in your fans? <laughs> <laughs> yes, so many, and that makes me, you know, question the content that I'm putting out there sometimes. Because, oh yeah, for me to be truly, authentically myself, like I'm, like I'm not at all a PG kind of person. Yeah, like, uh, right. Like just the yeah. way I interact with my close yeah, I'm friends. Like, about this too. I'm always the one that's giving shit to people. I'm always the one that's kind of saying the inappropriate things. So, like, to find that, 
healthy medium where I feel like my content is appropriate. And I'm also like, mm. but sometimes I'm like, why do I care so much? But then I'm like, it's also, you know, I should care a little bit because I guess there is some level of influence as much as I fucking hate that right, word. Yeah, and I hate yeah. the idea of an influencer and I'm so against, I'm not against, I get it. But, and I've been approached by companies and uh, here's this watch and yeah. you post three photos with it and say, uh, use code Thanos at the checkout. <laughs> I'm like, I just can't. I just, and how do you pose with a fucking watch too? I've seen, you know, I see the people like with the watch and like, they're all like, yeah, yeah. Or they'll just put it up on the wall and just like, and like, I just, I can't, like, I just can't. It, I, it, I, it's just such bullshit. I, I can barely smile for a photo, let alone like, yeah. like I really struggle with being, it's weird right i feel like this is that i hate labeling it but that like introverted extrovert tendency yeah, of like 100%. being cast into a spotlight against your will yeah yeah and look i, I lo- i'll be the first person to admit that i love attention yeah and i love yeah yeah you know like there's nothing better like the serotonin that you get from like a post that goes really well like i'd be fucking lying if i said i don't care about that i'd be lying right to your face of course I care about that. Because at the end of the day, what I'm trying to put out there is something that I want people to receive. And, you know, you can agree with that, disagree with that, whatever. That's just my honest opinion on it. But to be, uh, yeah, I struggle with like those really intimate moments of like, and I even struggle with eye contact sometimes. And uh-huh. like, you can maybe even tell right now, like I'm really trying to like, yeah, even when yeah. I'm teaching sometimes, like I really struggle to like just stare into someone's eyes and like deliver something to them. And I'm very conscious of it, but I don't know. It's this weird thing where I love the attention, but also when I get the attention, I feel this yeah. like... <gasps> like a guilt or something. In the yeah, it's like, like a, that. I don't yeah. know. It could be a guilt. It could be like a, uh, I don't deserve this. Like uh, I'm constantly, every class I teach, I'm like, they hate it. They hate it. They hate it. Yeah, they hate right. It. When I, that's wild. When I, have no, when I have no evidence to prove that that's the case. Yeah. Um, but it, again, it comes back to that catastrophizing thing. Like I'm trying to find, I'm trying to find the holes in every situation that I think are there that don't actually exist. And then, you know, a hole becomes a giant hole and then a giant hole just becomes a big gash, you know, like, and so I'm just, I'm, I'm making these things up in my head and I, and I, I struggle with that for sure. So it's a weird, so when you're talking about having all these eyes on you, it's something that I have a little bit of guilt about, but it's also something that, I love because I love being on stage. I love, I love teaching to like, you know, some people like to teach an intimate class. And I, I do like I had recently I taught like my first open class, like face to face and you're only allowed to have 20 people in the room. It was great because it was just 20 people that I really, you know, loved and like we could really get into it. But then I also on the other end of things like, uh, like something like an ADF or something like that, like I'd be lying if I said I didn't love teaching 500 people with a microphone in my yeah, hand. Like, yeah. like if it's like a rock star moment for me, you know. Like, yeah. And I enjoy that because it feels like I'm entertaining as well. Like, I love all of this. I love, you know, being on a microphone. Yeah. I love talking to people. I love, like, just getting my thoughts out and just projecting. So, like, it's, mm. I don't know, it's a weird thing that's kind of all over the board. Damn. Yeah. yeah, okay. I feel like I'm doing a bad job of like um, steering this in a direction, but maybe we no. should just yeah. let the conversation continue in this way. Cause yeah. This brings about a point I was going to bring up. It's a it. small one, but um, I feel like there's this romanticism of the past where uh-huh. the technology didn't exist. Yes. And so a class like yours the other day, my mate who went to your class was like, yeah. it was like back in 2008. It was yeah. that feeling again. because like all the shit was gone. Yeah. And, and I find myself having those conversations all the time. But then I think about it and it's like, are we lying to ourselves that yeah. that was actually better? Was there that feeling of like, this is amazing. But, we love dance. Yeah. But you know what? what? That's the thing with anything, the grass is always greener. Like I'm sure when we were back in that mm. time, like I, I came up as a, a dancer at Brent street when I was, you know, 15, 16, I moved to Brent street when I was like 14, maybe. Um, and look, there was, we had flip phones, you know, like I'm 31 now. So this is maybe 12, 13 years ago. We had flip phones. I didn't really record. Like it wasn't a thing to take your phone into class and like yeah. and film each other. So all you had was, um, all you had was your ability to kind of push yourself and the mirror in front of you mm. and the people around you because mm. you were really forced to engage with that. But then I remember being in that time and then reminiscing on the generation before us and all the people that came before that and going, oh my God, that would have been such an amazing time to like, and I'm sure in 10 years time, we'll say the same about now when we have robots in the classroom and they're, they're filming and the teacher's yeah. a robot. Who the yeah. fuck knows what's going to happen, <laughs> yeah. you know? Now yeah. we have these ridiculous giant camera things that come into class. And I, I'm one person that uses them as well. And look, there's a pro and a con to all of those things. But now mm. we're like, who would have thought like we have like this 
movie cinema style yeah. camera that comes into class at the end that's on a gimbal Swack. that's being stabilized and yep. they're panning through the classroom and like pulling in and out and it's dramatic and it's <laughs> who the fuck and like i remember when that shit first started happening i was so against it yeah and i remember like speaking out about it because i think it was like keone keone madrid you know keone amari mm-hmm. um he wrote this post that well, at the time went pretty viral and a lot of people would share it and like and it was on the cusp of us stepping into that age of like mm. technology in classroom yeah. and filming and the millennium dance studio kind of yeah you know yeah, th- yeah. i feel like that really is where a lot because our yeah. culture is very much especially our commercial culture is very, i feel like is very much affected by what's happening like in la in la yeah. in particular and the millennium was that first studio that you know now it's everywhere was that first studio that would bring in those you know high production quality cameras and would mm. film every class and you know that all the people would be in the background so you can see how many people are there and it'd be a party and then the little four-year-olds doing the twerking and like they're filming it and they're panning in and like um you know and i feel like you know it that it that very much in, informed what we were doing and i was so against it but then i kind of got to a point where i was like ah I started introducing it to my class and then I felt so much guilt about doing it, but then I saw everyone was doing it and they're like, is this the wrong thing? Is the is this the right mm-hmm. thing? But the class the other night, I just, I was like, oh, there's no way I'm going to bring a camera into this class. Like uh, there is footage from the class. I filmed it on my phone, but like it, and it might, might've been a mixture of the fact that we haven't danced in a room together for so long as well. Like it just felt like the minute everyone walked in the room, there was this excitement. Yeah. It, it felt so real. Like, because usually a class just has anxiety tied to it because everyone's worried about, you know, the footage and the this and that and the other. And we just, it was such a nice feeling. And I definitely yeah, agree cool. with that. But like, you know, how do you, how do you balance that with what you think you need for now for your content and this, that and the other? And it's, yeah. it's hard to think about. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I need to go back and I need to um, make a start to this podcast okay. where I, <laughs> I think I need to deliver the um, di- the we, research I've done on you. We dive you straight in. Yeah, yeah, we really did. Yeah, yeah. For, I'm, I'm looking forward for to this. Any, okay, there's nobody who doesn't know who you are, but for anyone who few. doesn't, let's see how much I can recall. Let's go from my research because I am a motherfucking journalist. You are. So okay. you got freaky deaky out there. Yeah, that's right. That. You started dancing in the shire Uh wait no you did gymnastics Uh until you were like eight or something and then you moved to brent street at 13 according to yep these things um and then you just stayed at brent street eh? (laughs) like you just stayed and then you auditioned i'm curious i don't want to know if you did season one of so you think because you yeah because you were in season two 2009 but did you audition for season one or not my last year of high school the musical cats came into town so i just kind of rocked up i knew nothing about the show all i knew was that they were people that dressed like cats and i just kind of rocked up and i went for it and then just kept getting through the next rounds and then i ended up doing that and then cats happened during season one so you think you dance and i remember being devastated i was like oh my uh, god finally my yeah. chance to like give it a go and right. then it just worked out that my contract kind of came i think i resigned at some point because i was like i did it for 18 months and then, like, a few months later, literally, season two came back into town. Yes, And I was like, wait. here we go. Yeah, and you're in top 20. Top 20. Booted um, week two. Yeah, shit. Yeah. Okay. That was rough. And then you came back as a choreographer. Yep, season which four. Which is crazy to me that you had to actually audition to do that. You Okay, so you've got, like, Jess Mowboy. You've got Ricky <laughs> Martin. You've oh, yeah. You've got... Um, Nat Bass. Oh, yeah. Which I always wonder, like, why All the does she get name dropped as a, <laughs> a thing, you know? <laughs> she was a thing for a minute yeah. there. You remember the Road Traders? Yeah. Ricky Lee. Ricky Lord. That, that yeah. whole I mean. league. Oh, you choreographed for Rita Ora. That's cool. That was pretty recent. That's yeah. dope. That was, um, that was scary as hell. Yeah, holy <laughs> shit. And again, you had to fucking audition for that. When does this... It, does, it never ends. I don't understand. Well, I mean, audition, like... I think it's a thing of like, I, you just need to keep, which is hard. You need to kind of keep proving yourself. Even like, you know, uh, I mean, I think by the time, so you think came back around for the fourth season, which is when I choreographed, people already, a lot of, uh, uh, my name was already in the hat as something, but I needed, you still need to, you got to do submissions, which is what you're talking about. Like you, every single piece that ends up on that show is a, is a, it has been a submission at some point. Like you've already created it with two other dancers. Um, you've put it fully together. You filmed it kind of in a way that you think you'd like it to be filmed and, and then from there, it's hopefully something that ends up on the show. And then, you know, Rita Ora was a little bit different. Like, Rita Ora was actually the same producer that worked on So You Think You Can Dance. So it was a couple years after that. 
and someone who I worked for quite a bit. But even then, I had still had to send through a showreel and a bunch of other things to send to her team. And like, um, I had to wait a week and then wait another week. And then I was maybe going to go to someone else. And then it went to me eventually. And then, but still, you never think it's still going to be yours until you actually see the actual performance happen. Because so many things can happen between the time of you getting the phone call about something. I'm sure you can relate to this as well. It's something that we all can relate to in this industry. Like, nothing is ever happening until it's happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The amount of times I've like, gotten so excited about an opportunity and I'm like it's happening like I've signed on the dotted line basically I haven't but I'm about to and I've told everyone and here we go like this is going to traject me into another place and I've made it and then you get the phone call like oh it's not happening because of this and that and this and that and yeah. this and that like so um yeah it's yeah. it's constant thing of like you can't get too comfortable I think yeah you know what I mean like when you rest on your laurels a little bit it's when just those younger people are just going to start coming up and putting out more content than you. And like, it's exhausting a little bit at times. And sometimes I just can't even be bothered, but like, you know, yeah, it's, it's definitely the thing. This yeah. leads me to a perfect segue into, hey. yeah, nah. Yeah, nah, bruh. Have you ever stolen something? Yeah. Can you speak another language? Nah. Can you play a musical instrument? Yeah. Do you have an enemy? Yeah. <laughs> Ballet or jazz? Jazz. Wiggles or high five? Wiggles. Big show or intimate informal showing? Big show. Splendor in the grass or carols in the domain? Splendor in the grass, carols in domain is my nightmare. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) Kick, turn, jump or jazz funk, hip hop? Oh, JFH all day, baby. Yes. Yes. Uh, Beginner tap or advanced tap? Beginner tap. Dance boss or the voice kids? (laughs) (laughs) Does everyone get that question at the end? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Um, well, I only worked on The Voice Kids for one one routine. So I had a very limited uh-huh. experience. And Dance Boss only lasted one season. But I had so much fun on Dance Boss. I'm going to like be honest. Yeah. Like, sometimes you can tell when a show is just not going to do well. Yeah. Um, and that, But that wasn't the case. Like, I, felt, I genuinely felt, and when you watch it, you probably won't agree, but... I was a part of another show called Everybody Dance Now. I was about to throw that into the okay. mix because Emily all... Seymour was talking yes, about totally, this. Yes, totally, totally. We were both kind of... Yeah. We both, I think we both won our heats or something. Did she win it? She did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, did a she little... lost, actually. She lost? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, the team against her had a very big sob story. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. So I was work. We were not working. We were contestants on that show, and you could just tell that that was gonna really shit the bed. Like you could just, <laughs> it just reeked the whole thing. Like we're like, who's running the show right now? What are we doing? Like what? And the sh- the shoots would go on for like eight hours, and you just the audience by the end would just be like, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh. but dance boss. Like it was run really well. Like Square Division ran it, who like it's uber professional. And yeah, like, you know, they they obviously know what they're doing because they've been doing it for many years and overseas and blah blah blah. And it just didn't really translate in the in the in the final phase. And because I felt really a part of it because I worked on it every week pretty much. Right. Like they always put me with the construction boys. Yeah, the three. that's fun. <laughs> Which is fun. They were just three blokes who like could dance a little bit, and I just kind of had fun with it. You know, like I enjoy just. I enjoy working in that, you know, capacity where I can just have a bit of fun yeah. with it. And like I was able to put in a lot of ideas and like, um, but it was just a shame. Like it, they were talking about doing it again because apparently it did well enough to justify doing it a second time. But then obviously, you know, the virus happened and this, right. that and the other. And, um, but yeah, it's, I'd have to say dance box. So maybe you could describe <laughs> to me what the, <laughs> the point premise? was. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. So the, <laughs> I think that what they were going for was, you know, Dancing with the Stars is such a celebrated yeah. format and it, I've worked on that too as well, which is very, very difficult to work on. But uh, they wanted, you know, I think Australia loves an underdog. More yeah. So than like just, it's always the Shannon Knowles, the, the guys from the country. It's always that person that's got that story and that's really what drives people to, you know, vote for somebody, I think. So they wanted a whole show based on, you know, these people that aren't dancers, even though a lot of them kind of were they're they're tradies they work at a hospital they work at maccas and they wanted to really celebrate the underdog you know glamorizing them and making them feel sexy and special yeah. and cool and like i just yeah i don't think that fully came across and then maybe the team that won it was like an already like they were already such a well-formed kind of hip-hop crew that would just smoke it every single week oh. and like, hmm yeah well i've been thinking about how how can we make dance appeal to the masses and I don't right. think we've worked it out yet. I no. mean, what's the formula with dancing at th- dancing with the stars that works? Why does that work? It's, I think it's 
what I just said. It was like, it's, it's like people love, people want to feel connected to it in a way where it's almost like they could almost see themselves in that position. Right. You yeah. Know what I mean? like, yeah. You see the range of talent and the, the Masked Singer is another show that's done really well. Mm. that I was lucky enough to work on as well. People want to be invested in something and relate to it in a way where they can see themselves in that situation. Mm. And that's something I always try to strive for, but I don't think I've ever really fully hit yet. But you're right. Like to, to re- there's, there's so many pockets of dance and entertainment and dance that people love. And there's so many niche little things as your contemporary scene, but then Sydney Dance Company will fill a whole house mm. five, six, seven, eight times a week. Um, but then something that's more commercial might not go as well. Like a musical really hardly ever lasts in Sydney, I find anyway. Mm. Um, it does better in Melbourne and other cities. And I don't know, it's a hard thing, but then something like Tap Dogs. Yeah. Because they're blokes, you know, they're blokes that yeah. they look like they've just been eating a meat pie, sitting yeah. at a construction site on a smoko, playing around. Yeah. With a little, you know what I mean? There's this element of like approachability to it. Yeah. Where it doesn't. Well, this is one point, but then the confusion for me is like when that gets conflated uh-huh. in our entertainment industry with this idea of like glitz and like yeah. the stars on Dancing with the Stars are like yeah, our stars. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of the people you'd probably go, I don't know who that is. 100%. Yeah. yeah. yeah, And yeah, I don't feel like that's working. And I feel like that's kind of what they tried to do with these different dance shows like 100%. turn us – and we're, that we're trying to do this in our own industry as well. Like the right. commercial one of like yeah, yeah, turning yeah. our people into celebrities, which is very much ignoring the greater reality of right, totally. what people and think And I think that's us. what happened with So You Think You Can Dance, the most recent season that I mm. choreographed on. Like they removed the whole audition process from it. So it literally went straight to top 100. Right. And I think the part that people love the most. Is like the story. Is like yeah. they want to see like. This shy little nerdy person yeah. walk into a room and like you're like, what's he about to do? Yeah. And then he just eats that shit, you know? Like that's what they yeah. want to see. But we didn't have that. We we went – and as a dancer mm. looking at it, you're like, that's cool as hell. But they went straight into this specky number that Kelly Abbey put together, which was amazing. Mm. Um, but you, you didn't know who anyone was. You didn't feel connected. And then Michael Domeski yeah. went on to win. But like you didn't know who Michael Domeski was until like two weeks before when he did this solo that – everybody Uh like was floored by yeah but by the time you got to that point you had no connection to him yeah and i think that that's something that for these shows to work it really needs to have that and then that you need to see that journey of them growing into that something that's you know yeah seems a bigger version Mm. of themselves but i feel like if you miss that part of the of of the journey then you're just you're really um limiting yourself to the ability to uh get the audience to actually give a fuck yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Word. That's why people love Big Brother. People love, what the fuck are the other shows? Biggest Married Loser. For the Biggest Loser. Great one. Like, because mm. they're so, you get to see them, you get to see them. Whether they're the most ugly person alive, like like internally, or they're the most innocent, beautiful, sweet person. Like, you get to see all their inner workings and yeah. and you can put yourself in that scenario a little bit more. Mm. But a person, a, a person at home doesn't give a shit about a person doing something technically amazing if they know nothing about yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. They don't care. They don't, they don't care. And this is what I'm really passionate about. Yeah. And it's my dream and I don't know how that right. it could be done. But like imagine if people would watch a dance battle right. at a stadium instead yes. of a football In, game. Instead and of, like why yeah. not? Totally. You know? It's, it's hard here because like even for a dance show to come back, like in a dance dance show, not – not something that's mm. not dancing with the stars. The fourth season or so you think rated terribly. Mm. Dance Boss only went for one season. Everybody Dance Now made it through four episodes or something like that and just was like one of the biggest shit shows of all time. <laughs> and, you know, and I, I feel like it'd be really hard for us to have a, something like that again. But I, of course it would be amazing. But like, and look, I've tried, like I've, I've created a bunch of stage shows as well with mm. different people yeah. and with different companies and, and you've talked about this being a big part of your kind of vision, right? Is like totally appealing to more than just and the it's dance. so hard. I feel like you come in with this grand idea, and then because of time and this, that, and the other, the thing you revert to is just technical skill and ability, and you end up mm. throwing those things into it because you have such a limited amount of time, and then you yeah. don't get as much time because it's you know it's expensive to do those things, yeah. and if you want to pay people properly, and if you want to put it in a nice theater and get some good lighting on it, like 
the money disappears, so you can only rehearse for two, three weeks. Yeah. And you're trying to put an hour show together so people are getting their money's worth. And then you don't get enough time to actually think about the story as much as you'd like to. And, mm. and then it just ends up, it always ends up just kind of feeling a bit like a jukebox show. Yeah. You know what I mean? My jukebox show, just something that's like a great compilation of things. Yeah. That on their own are great to watch. And my mum will mm. come and love the shit out of it, but yeah. nobody knows about it. Like it's hard to promote it. So, um, it's, it's a really hard thing to find and you always go into it. I've done three or four now. And every time I go into it, I'm like, I learn. I think I get a little bit close every time, but I'm still so far away. Mm. Um, and I, I think to truly be able to get yourself to that place, it's, 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 it's so many different things need to happen. Yeah. You know? I mean, the whole society has to change. 100%. Did you go to Hoffesh? Oh, I didn't go. The most recent one. Yeah, I think, yeah. Was, I think it was called Finale or something. Oh, yeah. Uh, you would have yeah. picked for it. And like that's a show that I felt like had so much raw emotion and I felt like I could – and even just outside of being a dancer, I just it felt like something vibrant and alive and you could feel mm. what they were feeling. And the audience is packed. So yeah. in one capacity, it works. Yeah. But I don't know if that audience is just a room full of dancers. I'm like – Yeah, but I look around and it's, it's But then Sydney Dance Company is packed to the rafters every night as well, you know? like Yeah, with rich old people. Well, yeah. And there you go. It's like, yeah. you know, that's... A, and it's like you go to an art gallery, you know. It's you know, it's not my mum and dad walking around an art gallery. Well, it's yeah, this is what I've been thinking about. And, like, maybe this will get cut out because it's kind of a controversial <laughs> thing to say. But, like, I, it probably doesn't happen so much in the commercial scene. But in the contemporary world, it's just this chronic complaining about we're not getting enough funding. Right. Yep. And my theory is, like, nobody in Australia wants to watch you roll around in a pile of milk for four hours doing nothing. Couldn't agree with you more and definitely don't cut this out. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I have such a strong opinion on like just the in, the indulgence of some stuff yeah. that you watch. Like I, 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 I just, that's just me. That's just me. I can't fathom the idea of creating a work that only feels good for the person that's doing it. Yeah. And well, it, they've convinced themselves that they're mm -hmm. doing this great thing about politics and society. But nobody gets but it. they've negated the whole context. A hundred percent. And it's, there's even like, look, you can even, there's even some styles of dance that uh, I think get put up on a pedestal sometimes that really feel good for the person doing them. Mm. But then when it comes to performing them, it doesn't translate as much as well, I think, you know, and I think we get caught in the trap sometimes of putting a dance show together that feels really good for the cast yeah, and that they have their own journey with. And yeah. everyone always wants to talk about the journey of how did you get there and how did it feel and how are the rehearsals? Was it inspiring? And this, that, and like, yeah. yes, that's important, but the director, the choreographer, we should be inspiring the people who are doing the show to actually be able to project those feelings that they're feeling and, and send them out. Yeah. You know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 people deep. And I, I just can't sit through something that just feels like I'm not being let into it. Yeah. And I feel like there's yeah. so much of that. That's my judgment of like my good experience of a show is how much thought outside of the show is going on in my head when I'm a spectator. 100%. But anyway, no, yeah, like, yeah, I think... I believe that there must be a way out of this. And like, if maybe we can put aside our desire to feel so good all the time, yes. maybe we can try and serve the public and think about what Australians actually want because they don't have time to go to your art gallery, really. They don't have they time to invest in your whole five. journey. Like, they, yeah. Like they just want they, they want to get fucked on the weekend to see maybe like a comedy show. Yes, they want to. They they want to. The reason why they're going to the show, right? And the reason why I go to a show and you go to a show, is they want to. I want to escape reality yes. for a second. Yes. I want to get outside of my head because living in here fucking sucks. Yeah. Like I want to. I want to. I, I want to just put the responsibility of my life for the next two hours yeah. in somebody else's hands. Yeah. And I don't want to think about anything. The only way that can happen is if the the people that are performing are truly invested in that as well yeah. and are wanting to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, word. And like when I watched Toffish, like I, I was literally like watching on the edge of my seat. Like yeah. I wanted to fucking jump up there yeah. the whole time. Yeah. I was grabbing my partner's hand. I was squeezing it. Like I was, my palms were sweating. Like I just wanted to get on that stage because I could feel what they were feeling and I know what that feels like. And I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. But then there's other times, like I've fallen asleep in shows. Yep. Yep. I won't say what shows, but I yep. got invited to the opening night of this particular show and the, the director was sitting fucking five or four seats away yeah. from me and I'm like, 
You know when you're in that like <laughs> You know, when you drive, sometimes you're like, I got to pull over. Like I was in yeah. that zone and I would just nod off for like 10 seconds at a time. And be like, Holy shit. I'm awake. I'm awake. And then like, yeah. and that's not a good thing. Yeah. You know I mean? Yeah. Something's going wrong if that's happening. Yeah. You yeah. Know? My God of dance. Ohad Naharan once said. I don't know who that is. And I need um, to know who that he's is. the head of batch of a dance company or Gaga style. You ever heard of, that? heard of that? Movement technique language. Yep. Uh, he said, I've seen some shows that made my life shorter. <laughs> and I think that's what we need to avoid. Yes, 100%. Like, mm-hmm. and, and this also bleeds into like, <clears throat> I feel this elitism sometimes with the idea that um, full out choreography and choreography that's like really intense is a bad thing. Yes, like, yeah, yeah. So many people come, like so many people over the years have like said to me flat out, I, I just can't because I know I'm going to be so sore the next day, like in, in regards to my class. I'm like, well, what the fuck are you doing then? Yeah. What are we doing? Yeah. What are we doing here? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, okay, and? Like, I, 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 you know what I mean? I want to watch yeah. something that like I can, I can fucking feel them, like their yeah, sweats. Yeah, yeah. And that might, might just be me. Like I like things at that level 10 intensity. Actually, but you watch my work and you know that those dancers are going through it. Yeah. You can hear them. Yeah. You can see the sweat. You can yeah. see the blood sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You can, you, you know, it emanates. And I encourage my dancers to be vocal and like, you know, just let it, let it be. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm like, so like, I, I, that, that, that for me is that, but that's, you know, that's my opinion. I think you just, you need to keep yourself in check. I think with anything like, mm. but especially with what we do, because it can very much, and I've fallen down this hole many times. You can very much fall into this self-indulgent, pulling yourself off phase of like where everything that I think of is just the best and man, 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 yeah. man, I'm amazing. And oh my God, I can't believe I thought of that. Like what? Like you need to check yourself sometimes and get, I, I always like, I like to think that I have a good grip on reality. I could be wrong, but I feel like I do. And I always keep myself in check. That's why I, I'm, I can be a little bit self-deprecating, this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to beat people to the punch sometimes. You yeah, know? Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I know I've put on like 10 kilos in this quarantine, <laughs> but I'm going to tell you about it first. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just I, I want to just have a fully strong grasp on reality, and I always want to keep myself in check. And as much as I don't want to hear it sometimes from people, I, I want to be given honest feedback from people that I care about as much as it sucks sometimes and it hurts me. And it's hard because... Because of social media, we've been, it, it's a lot harder now to form your own opinions and mm. to form your own um, ideas that are truly unique. And this is what I tell people all the time. And I think we need to get back to that place of just ignoring all the noise and going, what is it? What is it about me that I can bring to the table that is very much me? It's very much my own thumbprint and I'm in my own lane. And mm. that's what I always keep trying to remind myself of and whether it may change over the years and it always does change. If I can tell when I'm not being honest and I can tell when I'm like flicking through like top 40 songs because I better do an Ariana Grande routine this week yeah. because I know that'll bring more traction to my page and everyone's doing it. And and then I catch myself right. like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I nearly, Jesus, I dodged a bullet there. It's just be putting putting something into a, into a box where it doesn't fit. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I feel like I just... No, that's great. And this <laughs> is exactly actually one of my next questions for you. Well, it's not a question. It's just a theme and a few things... Actually, I'm going to get what I wrote down on my computer. I love it. I love it. Timelessness slash relevance slash a chronic grind slash you're still a hard worker and I can't comprehend how that is necessary and how, yeah. In your energetics interview, you said, <laughs> I, <laughs> I think art is only timeless when it's inspired by a feeling because feelings don't evolve through Ooh. the years. We're all human. Technology is evolving. Dance and dance styles are evolving, but our emotions never evolve. So if a work is inspired by a feeling, it remains timeless. I can't believe I wrote that. (laughs) And then the final thing I've written is that reinventing yourself seems weird to me. And actually, I think this ties in with the other theme of weirdness in general Uh and how you are often put put into this thing Mm -hmm. of quirky Uh and what actually is that and is that everyone else is insecure. Or yeah, well, you know. I just feel like people <laughs> need to label things and people struggle with me sometimes because I think to put a genre in my choreography sometimes can be a bit weird because it's 
100% not contemporary, but some people call it that, which is so weird. It's hmm. 100% not hip hop because I don't have an, uh, a fun foundational, fundamental groove-based bone in my body. <laughs> um, it's I guess it's probably closest to jazz, but then it yeah. always changes. So like, so some people just call my class Thanos, which I actually really mm. like. And a lot of people take issue with it, I guess, because they're like, well, I need to tell my kids what it is. Yeah. Which I get. I understand. The the whole weird thing was something I just, something I would take issue with because I just feel like it's it's just a quick out for somebody just to be like, mm. well, that's what that is. I don't need to understand what that is. And let's go over to the serious things. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, 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 the real things. You know what I mean? I feel like it's just so discountive. Discountive isn't a word, but let's just say it is. It, it just discounts everything you're doing because it's, Mm. I don't look at it as weird. I just look at it as like maybe it's something you haven't – it's a perspective you haven't thought of before or it's I'm – I'm expressing it in a way that's uniquely me and maybe you haven't seen it in that manifestation before so you're uncomfortable with that. So you're just going to call it that so you can yeah. move on to the next thing. Yeah. It's just so discounting, I think. You know, like there's so much effort that goes into my work. Yeah. And like I care so much about the details. Like if you're talking about the short films that I've done, like – I couldn't spend more time on them if I tried yeah. like every element like and and fork money into like the, the lighting, the, yeah. the locations, the pre-production music, the post-production music, the video work that I do with, with Luke and like the editing. Like I'm across all of the things. Like I'm, I spend all my time with all of those things, you know, like and I'm sitting in with them. Like I want to be involved in every process. And mm. then to just to go, oh, that's quirky. It's just like, what? No. Yeah. Look into it a little bit more. Everything that I do, I try to, you know, like what I said in that interview, everything needs to start for me when you're talking creatively from like a base emotion or from a base moment that's happened or a feeling or a say it'd be like I had this piece that I choreographed, which I always talk about, which I'll stop talking about at some point, piece to a song called Run Boy Run, which ended up being on So You mm. Think You Can Dance. And the, the whole premise of that was, you know, experiencing something for the first time and the enlightenment of that. And the way I chose to express it was through this quote-unquote quirky, you know, animalistic kind of movement that at the time maybe was a little bit kind of new because it was had a contemporary kind of feel but not really, but it was also very musicality-based. And I chose to express it through this fictitious way mm. of like these people are trapped in the desert, um, you know, and everything's just, you know, weighted down and aggressive and desperate. And, and then eventually, you know, at, at a certain point, the clouds kind of come across and then rain starts to form them, which they've never experienced before. And that euphoria that you experience when you, that person who sees snow for the first time or that person that's colorblind that experiences color for the first time or that person that could never hear and then they d invent this device where they can hear for the first mm. time. You know, you watch those videos and like, yeah, I yeah. wanted to kind of put that, out there and that's what that was but if you just look at that from a bass perspective you just see this tribal kind of dance yeah. with drums and with a stick yeah. and like and that's all a lot of people get out of it yeah but if you really like just let yourself get invested in it and mm. look, try and look beyond that that's just the way i'm telling the story there's that's what i want people to feel from that but then to look at that piece of movement and just call it like you know quirky tribal yeah it's just a really hard pill for me to swallow because yeah. i'm like yeah no, I put a lot of thought into that yeah. and I really felt it and the dancers really felt it and like I, I explained it really, you know, like so yeah. it's a weird thing but look, I get it also because sometimes things just need to be labelled for some people. So people like me would see you now and they go, it's Stephen Tanos uh, and without knowing much about your past, they just, uh, well, I don't know what you would assume but it just seems like you just kind of have just been on the upward your like yeah. since you were a training dancer you know and there's a lot of work that we don't get to see behind yeah. that and a lot of like big failures and a lot mm. of shit days and things that would be nice to relate to if yes. you could tell me how you've been a failure so that i can feel better <laughs> about myself <laughs> yeah no i can totally relate to that and also that seeing well. like a packed class that you have look i when I first started teaching classes, like we'd get, I I started teaching classes with my partner at the time, whose name is Morgan Choice, mm. many moons ago when I was about your age, actually. Um, and we just, there'd be one person, two people, one person, mm. two people, three people, four people, one person, no people, four people. Yeah. And we just committed. We just went, went, yeah. went, 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 went. And you got it. You just got to get yourself past, not, you're always going to be upset by it, but you've, yeah. The only way to keep moving, it's like with a podcast as well. Like, if you yeah, were to be, I mean, I have to go past the shame of. Yeah, but if you were to be deterred by what you feel is a small amount of numbers because it's a new yeah. thing that you're doing, 
then it would nothing would ever get past the point of where yeah, it, exactly. it, it, into success. You know what I mean? Mm. And it's that whole thing of like you have to embrace failure and this, that, and the other. Yeah. I agree with that in some merit, but you know, failure can be very detrimental to me sometimes. Mm. Um, but look, a, a lot of greatness has come. A lot of great things have come from failures and things that didn't pan out that have led to other things. But look, I've had definitely. I, got, I didn't end up doing full time which is something I would have, I guess, liked to do. I, I went straight into a show out of high school, which is, you know, the dream at that time. Yeah. Um, and then from that came So You Think You Can Dance. And then from that came Fame. And then kind of had a few years. And then I started getting to, into choreography. And then, but in that kind of middle zone, I was I was still working as a dancer, but I, I just finished Fame. And I feel like I wasn't, I had a really hard identity crisis because um, I was still with Morgan at that time. And she was one of the most booked commercial dancers she was mm. on every job this is when square division were like really yeah. the, the the thing that was still here they were like every job was square division square division and i just wasn't in that circle um but i also knew that i was different but i found it hard to want to be in that circle but i also wanted to be in that circle yeah you know what i mean yeah so even doing the gigs i wouldn't be fully fulfilled but not doing them i'd have fomo kind of thing mm. And I'd, you know, she'd come home every day after rehearsal and I'd just be, you know, I've cleaned the house and I've got dinner yes. on the stove. Like I almost just felt like a, <laughs> I felt like a real failure because I hadn't really developed myself yet as a choreographer. I was still working with her choreographically, but she wasn't as into it as I was. So I felt like I was driving the ship with that. And it wasn't until we broke up that I was forced to be on my own. And because I found it hard to let go of, we built this whole brand together, yeah, Tannos and Choice, yeah. which was got pretty popular. Uh, but then we obviously, you know, the relationship just was not working. We just weren't meant to be. And no harsh words against her. I have a lot of respect for her. And she's killing it overseas now as well. Um, but I, it wasn't until I was forced to be on my own and to make my own own decisions and to be account be held accountable for myself where I mm. actually felt like I could start getting into a rhythm creatively, choreographically where I could make things. Um, but there was definitely a three, four year gap there when I was 20, right about your age, to be honest. Like... Mm. When I was about that age where I really felt like, what am I doing? Like, and I, I've got all these credits, yeah. like I've done three or four big things, but like, I can't seem to get the yeah. car out of the garage again. You know, like it just yeah. felt like it was sitting idle in my driveway and I just didn't know how to yeah. turn the ignition. Like I just didn't know what the next yeah, move yeah. and I felt piled on. And I feel like this maybe mm. once a year. Mm. I, I feel when I get really in my head about what I'm doing, I feel like I'm just, I've got this pile and this is why I go to therapy and all this stuff. I've got this pile of rubble on me and everything's jagged and broken Word. and weird. And like, I don't know what the first move is. I drew a picture of myself carrying a bunch of rocks. Yeah, totally. Recently. Right. It's the same <laughs> kind of thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I'm, I'm like, I'm like, what's the first move? So, if, all, but all I can think of is like, I need to just get this whole thing off me and like, but I can't do it because yeah. it's too heavy, you know? Yeah. But the reason why I go to therapy and all this, that and the other, like, it's because it kind of teaches you to be able to step back from it and go, okay, if I just work on this thing first yeah. and put that to the side and then spend a bit of time on this, you can slowly start peeling those layers away. Yeah. But when I get in that catastrophe kind of mindset and I feel like a failure and this, that, and, and look, quarantine definitely brought that back for me in a big way because, you know, you just, you're forced to be alone with your thoughts a lot more. And, you know, like I have a partner and a son at home as everything and everything as well. And like, um, I mean, I'm so glad I had that because I just would have been me on my own and like that, you know, that yeah. it's just not a good time. But I think, look, I've had so many moments and I even currently I've like, I look at what's going on around me and the new people that are coming up. And I, I, I am in this weird spot now where I feel like I'm losing relevance and no way yeah no way 100%. that's something i wrote about you how you managed to retain relevance which yeah. is so impressive and I feel, yeah i mean it's incredible in in the within the structure that we operate like especially in the dance industry the whole thing is to be disposable yeah it's, it's fast to, food yeah. yeah it's quick fix and quick you fix. managed to fucking stick in in there but for that's so long but that's what it comes back to that thing of like I've always tried to do what I feel like was honest to me at the time. Mm. And I really like, I, I can't, I can't sit in a, in a rabbit hole and watch a bunch of dance videos back to back to back to back to back. Cause I don't, I want to know what's going on because I love to have my finger on the pulse, but I don't want to know what's going on so much to the point where it accidentally influences my decisions that I'm making. Mm. I, I, I don't ever want to, and a friend of mine who I won't name cause he's still a friend of mine, but I always remember what he said to me. He's like, this was like, five years ago six seven years ago even when i was kind of like 
at the first peak of what I felt like my success mm. was. He's like, dude, you're hot right now. And so you need to jump on it right now. And I was like, I took prob- I, I take mm. issue with that. I'm like, what do you mean hot right now? Like, I'm not striving for that. And I don't think anyone should ever strive for like hot right now. People should just want to continue to put out good work that yeah. that remains timeless, that can be looked on. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like if you're striving to be hot right now, yeah. then your hotness will only last for a certain, as long as that thing is hot, which is getting quicker and quicker yeah. as the years go on. You well, can't sustain a life like that. It's wild that we, a lot of us don't even recognize we're falling into that gross kind of absorption of what's hot as well. Every single year, it's like the way we dress in class. Is yeah, yeah. The first thing off the general pants rack. Yep. And isn't anyone noticing the way that we laugh and look back on us two years ago and our trends two years ago? There's, there's, right something, there's something to be said for that. Yeah, totally. Like how you look back on yourself. I look back at haircuts I had five years ago. I'm like, what the fuck was going on? You know, like. But it's usually when you're trying to be part of the. Oh uh, yeah, you can, you that... see the phoniness, you know. Yeah. Because I, I I had times where I would like you know, and that was my whole struggle with like. Okay, I got to take what I do and try and dull it a little bit. I felt like at times because I felt like it was too harsh for the things that I was striving for, um, you know. And there's definitely times where I you know I look back on some of my choreography and I was like, what was I doing? Like, what was I trying to? make a sexy moment happen and that was where i struggled commercially as well like i can't dance with a girl and like do the whole lot yeah even doing that i like start my anus starts to like <laughs> recluse from my body i can't i just can't do it like and every time someone had to partner me in a show and it had to be a little bit sexy like i just i couldn't help but like yeah. try and make them laugh and like I can't do it. It's just not yeah. me. Like I'm not like yeah. a, I'm not like that person who can walk up to someone at a bar and be like, "Hey, girl, you want a drink? Like, what do you want yeah. with this?" Like I'm not like I feel like my sense of humor and my like that's the thing that I always revert back to. And I just went through this little phase where I was trying to like you know maybe make a piece in heels and like I don't know the first thing about dancing <laughs> in heels. What the fuck? I put on a heel in my life once in my life maybe, and I probably rolled my ankle. But I was trying to do all these things that I felt like would traject me yeah. into it you know what i mean and you, you, you it's just phony as fuck you can see right through mm. it you really can like it's yeah. i can see right through it it's it's also this thing of like why are we why do we need to take ourselves so seriously all the time with what we do i think we mm. we put what we do on a pedestal and we put this importance over it yeah. like we're doing god's work and i think at the end of the day we're just we're training to entertain other people and we're, 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 we need to also have fun with what we do and we need to acknowledge the fact that what we if you get to call this your job as well and it's a fucking hard job and it's hard to make a long long successful career out mm. of it that can support you financially but if we can get ourselves to the place where we call this our primary source of income and our job like we should find the, the fun in that as well a little bit I think as well and it's easier said than done but I always try not to take myself too seriously especially in that scenario in like a classroom setting like i just want to have a fucking good time yeah do you know word i want to make a memory and the only way you can make a memory is when you're just so you you get yourself out of your head you know Mm. you know what i mean yeah because it's never going to be a memory if you spent the whole time in your head because you're not going to remember it you're going to remember what you felt you know nice (laughs) yeah (laughs) i feel like there's a reason that you know people really do only say great things about you. Hey, oh God, I'm sure there's some that don't, um, though, for sure. From what I've heard, okay. you know, there's like, you know. And and it's interesting that you mentioned you're not, that you have to be careful what you say in front of kids or whatever. I'm, I mean, you didn't really say that, you know what I mean? Because I, I see you and I go like, fuck, he's, how's he done it? But he's done this thing where you've made yourself the single entity and you're not attached to any brand or movement or place. And that's really cool. I, and this is something I've, um, I'm, I'm pretty passionate about as well. Like I think the amount of times I've been asked to have exclusivity to things and to places and mm-hmm. to, and I just I, like, I just get this feeling of dread. Like I, I want to be able to get myself to a place where I just feel like anyone can access me. Yeah. Not to the point where I'm overly accessible and I'm just getting drained all the time. But like, I, I want to, like, I'm also my own brand. You know, and when someone tries to get exclusivity from you, they're saying, we need you to boost up what we do. Yeah. And I don't feel like it's reciprocated, even though yeah. that person can give you a hundred incentives. It's never truly 
reciprocated. And I feel like it's important for me to try and have a good relationship with as many people as I can. And I'm, I'm always trying to educate myself and I wish I knew more about the freestyle scene and I'm always striving to like... Um, I, I mean, I hosted the, the Red Bull Dance oh, Your Style. That was so much fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. So we... And that like, was dope. I think that's like some of the best stuff we can do for the public. Yeah. And like just seeing those and educating myself on who those dancers are. Like I, knew, yeah. I knew who Co was ahead of the time, but like all these other people, like who else was in there? Like I knew Jack as well, Pop and Jack. Yeah. But I didn't know who Jaya was and like, Jaya's like dope. so sick. And like, um, like all of them, like uh, yeah. there's so many of them. And I was like, okay. And then from there, I'm trying to like get across that a little bit more. I'd love to go to more battles. I'd never battle myself because I would never yeah. call myself a freestyler, but I just would love to be immerse myself in that scene a little bit more. And mm. um, all of it. Cause I, and I always try and have relationships with people and all of the, as much as it feels like I'm purely a commercial, I always just try to mm. show a bit of face everywhere and just try, if I'm going to be someone that's, got this following i want to make sure that what i'm doing is like as good a representation as i can to like not just show one thing you know mm. I, I want people to like i want everyone to know that it's important to have a bit of info about everything and you know I don't yeah know. actually this kind of harks back to what you touched on at the start and i wonder if you could expand a little on this idea of like your dark side and my dark side yeah and so you mentioned you see a therapist uh -huh. which is fantastic mm. and i would never of course you'd never strike me no. or anyone as a person that has any negative emotions at yeah all because yeah. you're just so like positive light yeah you know? yeah and for sure it's definitely a bit of a facade at times you know like this whole but it's also it's what I revert. It's just it's it's it is natural too as well. Like, but sometimes I'm not feeling great at all, and I need to get out there. And but I always need to feel like I need to deliver this certain amount of energy that I've been giving off for the last ten years. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about like getting into a classroom when you yeah. just have had a really bad morning and you've been anxious, and you just got to shake it off. And sometimes I can, sometimes I can't. But I think through doing therapy, what you learn about that whole thing is like being able to. Um, it's always being able to like. Um, embrace those things and acknowledge them and then trying to dissect them and actually see what's real and see what's fake um you know a therapist will always encourage you to address every part of your personality and especially those negative parts because mm. you're there to try to unpack them and understand why they exist yeah and the only way you can understand something is to actually acknowledge it in the first yeah. place you know and i just spent years of trying to suppress this thing down and it would come out in these big anxiety attacks right. which i don't have anymore yeah. Because, okay. I mean, I take a bit of medication and stuff now too, which is yeah. always, you know, a good little leveler, but a very small amount. Um, but beyond that, like even that aside, like I think it was only until I started seeing a therapist that I was able to like um, address those things and actually let them. Because then all you do is bottle, 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 bottle until that bottle needs yeah. to get some air into it you know yeah. and it needs to explode but what you do now is you learn and I'm, I'm still learning and i have my good days and my bad days you learn to just address things as they come and don't push them aside like mm. okay why am i feeling this way i'm feeling anxious let's actually like look at this black cloud that's going on in my head that's fogging everything and start to understand why I, what I've done to kind of get to that place. Yeah. You know what I mean? As yeah. opposed to just like trying to suppress it and get rid of it and like, I'm fine, yeah. I, can, I can get over it. Here we go. Let's let's get the day going. Come on. Um, which is what I would yeah. try to do. And that's where like really like those episodes would come from. Yeah, right. Would, would that work for a while? Because I'm finding myself in this, especially in the quarantine thing. Yeah. Of constantly being too in touch with all the negative shit i'm feeling right right that i'm just in this chronic mode of like yep. anxiety and crying mm -hmm. all the time right okay well yeah look i mean this quarantine's not good for anything let's be honest like i've definitely reverted back into some of my old ways and my old feelings and my old anxiety have definitely resurfaced because i think it, like everything everything needs to be a balance you know like there should be this level of pardon me uh introspectivity mm. introspection Yes, that's the one. There should everyone should have a, you know a, a level of introspection to themselves, I think. But then you also need those times where you can just completely disengage from them completely and just mm. have a mindless moment and just sit and watch something and yeah. not let it be because of anything. Like 
we all have our guilty pleasures, our things that we feel like we shouldn't be doing, but I feel like are important to ourselves. Like I love watching fucking cooking shows for some reason. <laughs> I, I love it. And it serves me no, I mean, I like cooking. So yeah. I guess it helps with that, but it serves no purpose for my career or my, mm. but it's a time where I can truly just sit down and just not think and yeah. just embrace it and just be invested in it because there's something about it that calms me down, like watching somebody cook and talk about it and this, that and the other. And But then I think on the flip side, you need to have, you know, everything just needs to be in a balance and going to therapy helps you understand that balance a little bit more because mm. I feel like you, you, it's, it's hard to deal with something completely on your own because you're trying to figure things out and mm. and then to have someone who's completely removed from you emotionally they yeah. don't know anything about you they yeah. don't know your past they don't judge you they don't you can tell them anything you know yeah. um and they're going to keep it to themselves and not they're not going to be like oh my god i can't believe you did that to have someone yeah. just to dump all that shit on that is a professional that knows how to kind of navigate them oh, that's such a new i've actually never been to a therapist and saying some of the thing, those yeah. things would be so such a weird feeling. Yeah, and I've I've had six or seven different therapists over the years, and some have been horrific for me. Right. Some, yeah. you know, you walk in, they got their plaques up on their wall, their diplomas, yeah. and you're like, oh, this does. And I feel like they're reading at it through a textbook. At yeah, me, you know? yeah. And then I've had people on the other end of the thing who were like a little bit enabling. They were like, mm. you know, like would kind of. Now we never really delve into things because they'd be like, no, that's all right. I think you're right. Yeah. And it was a bit too loose. And yeah. I found someone now who's in kind of right in the middle. Nice. Again, it's that balance thing. I can tell he's had some training yeah, and knows what he's talking about. But I can also, he, he can kind of just shoot the shit with me and like, um, uh, and, and kind of understands the world that I'm in a little bit. He's not a performer Ooh. himself, obviously, but he uh, speaks with a lot of people that are and, um, you know, because to understand the mentality of a performer and a creative, I think, is takes a certain kind of person. This brings me to some another point I want to ask you about, which is post-show depression. And you mentioned this in one of your interviews somewhere, and I'm always thinking about this yeah. and the psychology of the post-show depression. Oh, yeah. That's a rough one. Yeah. For sure. Like, Because I feel – and I've, I've always struggled with um, – the wave that we write as performers mm. and as creatives, it's such a intense wave in each direction, you know? Like, you, if you're going to be booked into this show and you're so excited about it, then you have the opening night and then all these accolades and an audience every night standing on their feet cheering for you eight yeah. times a week. Boom, boom, boom. You're making friends. You're having the best time. You're going out with everyone. And then eventually that just ends. It ends. Yeah. And because you've been, you've done nothing but think about that for the last six months or however long it is, mm. you haven't really thought ahead. Yeah. And then so you get, and then like closing night, we're done. Good party. Vroom, right back to here again. And it's like, yeah. there's no, there's no kind of teetering off into like a good little steady kind of yeah. cruise pattern before, to bring you down. Yeah. You know, it'd be like a plane just going like this and then going like that. Like you yeah. fucking die, you yeah. know, like you need to be able to like stabilize and depressure and whatever the fucking yeah. aviation terms are. Um, you don't get that. Yeah. And for me, another part of therapy has been about dealing with understanding what is about under, looking ahead a little bit and mm. not getting so caught up in the moment of like, I know that I'm in this moment of like excitement, yeah. but I'm trying to project ahead a little bit and go, I know that the next two weeks I'm not going to be doing anything. And I can very much, that's my most dangerous time. I mean, that's when I've fallen into the biggest pits of like despair. Yeah. So I, you, it trains you to kind of uh, condition yourself to think ahead and go, okay, I, I need to prepare myself a little bit. So when I'm getting towards the end of what I'm doing now, I need to start conditioning myself to, to be ready for that that yeah. dip and not letting it be as much of a drop, you know? Whether that means putting things on for yourself after a show and like distracting yourself and like, because um, I think we go, we, we're exhausted, you know? We've been doing eight shows a week for six months, a year. All you want to do is like, I'm going to have two weeks off and I'm going to do nothing. And then you get two days into that and you're like, uh, crying, depressed. Yeah. <laughs> like, what's my life? I got nothing going for me when I was just on top of the world, you know? Yeah. Like, so I think you've got to like learn to just prepare yourself a little better. Mm, I think that's just that's for, great. Advice. That's just for me anyway. Like, I, and my mum always reminds me of it sometimes too much because um, she knows what I'm like. She's like, when I'm in the middle of something and she can tell I'm really excited and I'm on cloud nine and I'm like killing it, I'm feeling it. And like, she's like, just be careful, just be careful. You know, in a yeah. week's time, this will go away. I'm like, that's true, yeah. but shut up also, please. Yeah. I love you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's acknowledging what we, just acknowledging, you know, the reality of what we do is so high, low, high, low, high, low, high, low. There's no, 
there's no middle ground to it, really. You know what I mean? Yeah. You either feel like you're yeah. the best or yeah. you're the worst. I kind of love those extremes. In them. But I'm, I'm the same I'm addicted too. to them. I, I, I don't ever want to... I would hate to just cruise life in the middle because those highs and like the lows, the highs and the lows make the the thing on the other end more extreme, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, even the lows, there's something about my addiction to them of like yeah. bawling my eyes out on my own in the middle of the night. We're all self-destructive, sociopathic. Like we're, we're all like, we're all a little bit crazy, I think. And we all like that about ourselves to some extent because yeah. I know I do. Um, yeah. because I would hate to, yeah, I would just hate to be just complacent. But, wow. Okay. Okay. Um, I feel like I've asked you a lot and all <laughs> these things and Stephen Tanos, is there anything that you would like to talk about with my nine listeners <laughs> or anything you How are you guys? passionate about uh, that look, you really I, want to take this opportunity to say? I think you really... You got me to the points that I feel the most deeply about. I think, you know, um, the idea of indulgence in performance and trying to, you know, translate to an audience, the idea of being unique. The, the, the number one thing I'll say, and I said it at the beginning, but I'll bookend with it because it's the thing I'm the most passionate about, is just do a deep dive within yourself and, and, and really just always try to be honest with what you do. I think, you know... It's so easy to, and we've covered this already, but I just want to reinforce it. It's so easy just to kind of get into just autopilot and go, this is what I should be doing, so I'm going to do it. Um, find, and it's not even about finding, just like, just allow yourself to just put yourself in a natural state where I'm like, this feels honest to me. This is my this is what my gut's telling me. And then go with it, run with it and commit to it. You know, like commitment, I think is the most key mm. thing we can have in this line of work. Because if something's committed, it's undeniable whether you love it or hate it. It's something. Um, but if you feel like someone's just kind of half committing to something, they're a little bit afraid. It just audiences are smarter than you know we give them credit for. Um, they can sense you know when something is just being contrived. So just find your true self and run for it, brah. Yeah. Yeah. That's the most important thing. I think. Sick. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Tanos. Thanks. Where that was can so people much fun. find you? Uh, Erskine Park. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Stephen Tanos, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-T-A-N-O-S, on the old gram, on the Facebooks, on the YouTubes. Um, I'm around, guys. Come say hi. Don't be afraid to come say hi to me. Come say hi. I want to chat to people. I love to connect. Um, and if I don't know you, come up, introduce yourself. I love it. And come to my class if you can. And if you want, I'm only allowed 20 people at the moment, but I'm going to keep committing to it until the number goes up. Um, and I just love to see new faces in the classroom and people that think they can't do my stuff. I'll make sure you feel comfortable and facilitated too. Um, and yeah, Whoa. that's it. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. Thank you. I had the best time. You're the oh, best. Sick. Ladies and gentlemen, what you have just heard was the 10th episode of dance bands can you believe it we've made it so far i'd like to thank all nine of my listeners you can subscribe and follow the dance bands show on instagram or youtube or not do any of those things because it's your life and you get to choose what you do in it bye